0: One, two, three. The ease drop. ease drop. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the eavesdrop. drop. My name is Laifa. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Happy Sunday if you are listening on a Sunday, and happy. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever day of the week you are listening. It's currently a Sunday as I record this episode. Guys, pray for me. My my favorite earrings that you've seen me rinse out, if you ever watch the visuals, they are they feel like they're on their last legs. And I have had these earrings since oh my goodness. Yeah, I've had them for a long, 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 long time. Um, so pray for me. Cause I feel like I might need to save up some, some coins, some, some pennies, some, some shmanies to replace them. But, um, I wear these earrings all the time. They're my favorite. They're these like, um, heart shaped earrings and they have my name written inside Laifa. Very ghetto, fabulous, very ghetto chic, very up my street. I love it for me, but, um, It seems not to want to, it seems not to want to stay in my ears. So anyways, how are we doing? How are we feeling? Can we just get into the things? I got my hair out, obviously, you've seen. Also, I'm using natural daylight. So um, (laughs) Mm -mm, things may fade, things may change, you know. (laughs) Anywho, so um, yesterday, my auntie came around and she's like, yeah, she's a typical, like, Nigerian auntie, but she has a good heart, you know, there are some that you're just, you're doing too much, you've been through too much stress, too much trauma, and you don't know how to, I don't know, how you be expressing it, and putting it on the young'uns is not very fair, anyway, she's a lovely one, and she's so funny, she looks at me, and she's like, Laefa, so is this your hair? So for those of you listening, I have my natural hair out today. Not out, out, but out in like a pineapple style. It's an easy go-to style. Love that for me. Love that for all the natural hair girlies. And my hair was pretty much how it is right now. Last night when she came over and she's like, is this your natural? So no, she was asking, so what did I put on my, on top of my hair? Thinking that I've got like a hair piece on my (laughs) hair. let me put my mic down a little bit so that you could so I'm, yeah thinking that I've got like a hair piece attached to the top of my hair so, so which one what have you got on your hair now and I was just like I didn't know what she was talking about but everybody else in the room got it and she's now she then proceeded to pull my hair yank a piece of my hair and she's she didn't realize that she's pulling she's pulling the hair from my scalp and she's pulling she's like which one is this and i'm like huh what auntie you're pulling my hair is this one your own so this is not attachment (laughs) this is not attachment i'm like no auntie and all the other because she came with her like yeah so she came with some other people so she came with a family relative her husband my uncle and um and um her sister my other auntie who I don't know I don't really know her that well like I've, I've got a better relationship with this auntie anyway so they're all laughing because she's they could see that it's my real hair and she's pulling and I, I'm moving my head is moving with the pull and she's like oh so this is your natural hair I was like yes auntie but the funny thing she knows this because the funny thing is more times she sees me, I'm always in the house looking very bummy, and you know me and my house girl chronicles, I love a house girl outfit, like I love just being natural, just be myself, not trying to impress anybody, no makeup, no filter, barely any clothes, or just house girl, like you know, like when I mean house girl, it's like either have a rapper, so a rapper is like a, uh, uh, a piece of uh, material, or like what we know as Ankara cloth, or I would just be wearing run down clothes, clothes with holes in it, clothes with stains in it, just, just the, the you know, the really run down, run down house clothes, the the clothes that you don't wear outdoors, is this just a Nigerian thing as well, like, do, do other, like, do you have this, like, you have your house clothes, your clothes that you only wear indoors, because, you know, there's this whole, like, um, Trend of people wearing like really nice pajamas indoors because a lot of people work from home now, so they have like really cute pajama sets. I wanna, I wanna advance to that level to like the cute pajama sets being my house clothes. But right now, I've just got like rundown clothes that I would no longer wear outside. I wear them in the house, so these are called my house clothes. These are the clothes that I could wear in bed because I'm never gonna wear them outdoors. Did you get? So I'm wondering. So I'm. So she she's used to seeing me in that state, but because um I was filming earlier to when she arrived and I had some errands to do, so I was a little bit done up. Hair done. So she's seen my natural hair, but you know when you have type four hair and when it's not done, <laughs> you see. You know our hair is very magical. Our hair is very magical. It could look like a shrunken mess and like you haven't combed your hair in 20 million years it could look all matted up like maybe you're trying to go for dreads and you're really not you just haven't taken out the knots (laughs) you haven't taken out the twist or it could just look cute like you blow dried it but or it needs anyway she's seen me in all the all my house girl phases so yesterday I was a bit done up And she doesn't see me done up very often. So she's pulling my hair thinking, what? And I'm like, no, auntie, this is my real hair. And I get this a lot from the African aunties. Like, so if your hair is like this, if it's it's so long, what like this? Why are you wearing attachments? If I had your hair, I would not wear attachments. And I'm like, auntie, you don't get it. Nobody cares if my hair is long. Trust me. Especially, you know, like that is just, that is just not the beauty standard for, um, the, I'm not even a Gen Z, I would say I'm a millennial, but you know, for the millennials, for the Gen Zs, the Gen, which one again, is there Gen X? That's not the, be- the beauty standard is different. Nobody cares if you have long hair. I mean, I think obviously it's a thing, but like overall I'm seeing that the beauty standard is like, and especially because I've been very open about wanting to attract women into my life because i seek female friendships um and i'm very aware that these friendships might not be deep because friendship in adulthood is a whole different shenanigan but because of that i when i'm going out like i would more i would dress up more if i'm going out for brunch with my girlies than if i'm going on a date with my husband which is probably i don't know if that's a good thing but it just says I think it says how I feel deep down inside. Maybe I seek more from female relationships right now. So I would tend to dress accordingly to attract women and the type of women that are in my circles. And everybody's wearing, everything is fake. Do you know what I mean? The faker, the better uh, it's like, if your hair's not fake, what are you doing? Because then these are also how we build bonds and friendships. Like you might meet somebody for the first time and, um, you know, she's a black woman and her hair, her hair looks amazing. And you might be like, oh my goodness, who installed your weave or who installed your wig? Oh my goodness. Where did you get your wig? And this is like literally a starter of a conversation. This could start in as, literally in the ladies bathroom, say if you've gone out for a night out and you see a girl and she's looking, she's looking, she's looking wicked and you want to compliment her. And some girls, I know because London girlies could be really, really stush, but some girlies could be really receptive. Oh, thank you. And they and you are be like, oh, where'd you get that from? And sometimes if they share, then you know, they're open because some girlies are a bit, a bit um, gatekeeper-ish. So in that, with that in mind, I'm like I'm trying to look the parts. So, if a girly wants to, I mean, I think like if a, if I look like something that can be replicated, I know this is really I don't know if this is really deep, but in my mind, I feel like if I look like if I have a look that can be replicated, it may be easier for me to make friends in adulthood. So. Obviously, um down to from my head to my toes, but obviously hair beauty, makeup is a big thing, and people might ask, oh, what lip gloss are you using? Or what foundation do you use? Or you know what um thing with natural hair is that as much as I have been part of the natural hair community and it's kind of really starting to fizzle away and people are turning back to relaxers and I can't see myself doing that. But what I found is like, there are more people who, they found that they've not been able to achieve the curly girl look. They've not been able to achieve the twist outs. They've not been able to, so they're reverting back to things that are just easier to maintain and to manage. And if I look a certain way, like, I'm, I, honestly, I really feel, nobody cares, nobody cares if my hair is real, but if I've got a weave now, if I've got a wicked weave, if my wig is on fire, if my wig is laid, trust me, that's a topic of conversation, trust me, that is a topic of conversation, that is where we build friendships, that is where we build bonds, that's where we build unions, you get me, so, um, to all the aunties who are like, ah, you, and also besides all of that and what I'm personally trying to seek, I'm very, I'm just aware that wearing a wig is just easier. It is, it, facts. I've been a natural girly for a long time. Wearing a wig is, in, and obviously it depends on the wigs that you choose. You've got the frontals, you've got the closures, you've got the leave outs, but generally speaking, I find that wearing a wig is just easier than maintaining my natural hair. You lot know that I love my natural hair, but aunties come on they were like so my auntie was going on she was like oh so you mean it's fake hair fake is good and i said yes auntie we want to see the fake nails we want to see the fake eyelashes we want to see the, the the fake hair everything that the fake the, the fake the fake the fake the better you don't get it and i know um this also goes back into um a topic that was trending a while ago on twitter and even on tiktok about um the black girl aesthetic, or the British black girl aesthetic, that every black girl looks the same, and it's, it it, it is a thing, you find yourself, oh I like that, and then you're replicating a look that is very samey, and it's because it, it's just, once there is a look, and then also, if you are in that, in that season in your life, where you're seeking a partner, they, these men that are attracted to women have been conditioned to like that black girl aesthetic also obviously i'm not in i'm not in that realm of trying to seek a partner as black women we know how it is depending on how our hair is styled that is how we will get treated and i speak about it time and time again even like everybody treats me so differently, men and women, depending on how my hair is. And I know that sometimes when I have wigs on and my hair is laid and I'm just wearing, it's a cute, simple outfit. I'm having men, men, well, (laughs) I might be reaching there a little bit because I always got my bodyguards on me, my bodyguards being my children. But the type of men that approach me depends on how my hair is styled, let's be truthful, if my hair is like this, um, you're gonna get a hello queen, yes sister, you know, those kind of men there, whereas if I'm wearing, like, a straight wig, or a straight weave, it's a it's uh um you know it's the mandem the the you know you know you know the kind of mandem and then you've got even if I'm rocking bait um braids it's still a it's a sister queen yes diamond and also with the faux locks depending on you know it you know you get treated differently so I'm just I I want to say a disclaimer to any auntie that may be listening trust me Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the long hair. The long hair is not paying me. Well, it was at one point, but not right. Like the, nobody cares if your hair is long. It's cute. It's like it's a topic of conversation for a little while, but then, like even the other day, um, I took my kids swimming, and um, this lady always sees. I always have a, a mothers meeting upstairs with these two other mothers. And one of the mums is white and one of the mums is mixed race. So um we're upstairs having a natter. And I don't know, she's always see I think maybe she's she's never seen my hair in like a ponytail. It's either in a bun or in braids or whatever. So my hair was in a ponytail. And obviously, if it's in a ponytail, you can now see the length. And can I just put a disclaimer? My hair is not that long. <laughs> It's just I think it's um it's a thing whereby because of my hair type there is even up till now there is an an assumption that people with my hair type their hair won't grow past a certain length or it's not expected to grow past a certain length so when you see people with my hair and longer and they have my hair type it's a little bit of a shock kind of thing, so this, the mixed race mum was like, oh my goodness, you're here so, your hair so long, and again, like, the thing we say about, like, she literally reached for one of, and pulled, <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then, but then, again as soon as she said that it ended there it doesn't go past that it doesn't go past that whereas if i'm wearing a wig or a weave or whatever literally we could spend a good few minutes talking on this topic there are multiple reasons obviously because i like wearing wigs and weaves i like changing up my look but i'm very aware of what i'm what what kind of attention i'm trying to seek and it's it's easier it's a lot easier sometimes to just throw on a wig and nobody cares that your hair's long so to all the aunties yeah just um yeah anyway share with me some of your thoughts if you are somebody like me who likes to be quite versatile with your hair um like talk to me talk to me or are you quite samey because I also don't like keeping my hair in a ponytail for too long because because you know type 4 hair is very fragile as although it looks strong it's really prone to breakage so after a while of ponytailing and bunning I'm like "Mm, I need to do a protective style and then I'm also aware that after having a protective style for a really long time it turns into damage control because then my edges break and this that and the third anyway this is not a natural hair video you can tell that I am a bit of a natural hair enthusiast um but um it's it it does come the topic does come up a lot depending on how my hair is styled and especially when i have my natural hair out but what are we rinsing what are we listening to davido's album is out and i'm so happy for him Uh, It's so funny because I was recently listening to a podcast clip. I don't know who they were. And they were talking about how the pressure is really on for Davido. Because obviously, you've had all the young Afrobeat artists come out and kill the game. Like Asha, that, and the third. And all the pressure must be on him. He must be in the kitchen brewing up something well. Something really good. And so far, I've listened to No Competition. And I really, really like that track who and what are you listening to i don't think i would add it to my playlist um it's not giving the right vibe for me but that's what i'm currently listening to really enjoy it share with me some things that you're listening to it doesn't have to be r&b it just has to have a um like a soulful element there some sort of soulful influence i don't i don't mind anyway so that's what i've been Listening to uh what have we been watching? what have I been watching? I need to bring up my notes because, um, oh my goodness, yeah, so recently, I watched Eve's by You, and I know it's a really, really old movie starring Megan Good and some really I'll say some Megan good and some really good well known actors, um which I can't remember their names right now. And um, I think after watching it, like, so it was on Amazon Prime and I thought, "Mm, yeah, let's watch it. So watching it and I think I have seen it young when I was younger, but um, couldn't really remember and too young to understand or decipher what was really going on. But basically the story is, uh, is it Eve? Is Eve, who's the main character? Eve who's megan good's character who her she comes from a you know they're kind of you know they're doing not badly for a black family the dad is a doctor and he he looks after women but he's also sleeping around he's very promiscuous and he's having affairs and she catches her dad and oh it is anyway it's a good it's a good movie and also there's a lot of like spirituality involved so one of her aunts is it she can see the future and I think she has that gift as well she could either see the future and she does tarot for people but she's also cursed any man she marries dies it's I think it's all right I did end the movie feeling slightly unsatisfied but that's okay like it wasn't like uh, grudgingly unsatisfying it gives me very much oh this feels like it was a novel and they've turned it into a film I reckon I didn't I haven't done research on it so let me know was it a story a book that they turned into a film and it just got me thinking about you know the rise of you know, black spirituality and not just black spirituality, because obviously when I, um, when on my social media algorithm is very, I've tried to create it in a way that I receive things that reflect what I look like. So, you know how people talk about black Twitter is a thing. So I remember for, because I'm not really in the Twitter space like that. And I remember for so long joining Twitter, and when people will talk about black Twitter, I'm like, I really need to find black Twitter. How, like, how can I, how can I, and, and it's so funny, you don't know, but all of a sudden, when you're in black Twitter, you know, because of the retweets, what's happening. And you're like, oh, I've, I'm here. I'm in black Twitter. I've made it. Oh my goodness. Because of the sort of things that get retweeted, the conversations that I had, the things that go viral within your community. And also, I feel like, black Twitter, there is a diaspora. So you've got like Nigerian black Twitter, you've got American black Twitter, you've got British black Twitter, you've got, you know, you've got, I'm sure you've got European black Twitter, uh, where they'll be speaking French or Spanish or whatever the case may be. So you've got different, different variations, different versions of black Twitter, which I find really fascinating because obviously I'm more of an observer, but it's when I break into another space. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh, I'm here. I'm in the space. (laughs) I'm in black Twitter. Anyway, um, I say all of that because, um, yeah, the astrology girlies and the rise of spirituality, but more so in the black space. And it, you know, it got me thinking, you know, about the astrology girlies, the chakra girlies, the, this is my moon rising girlies, the, um, Mercury's and retrograde girlies and this isn't to make jest of any of the people who believe in this stuff. And um I know that well, according to some of these people and their testimonies that even the tarot readers they've they've changed lives. And I'm wondering, is this just a trend? Is growing such a large presence? Or has it always been there? Has this space always been there? But for people who, like myself, who've never really dabbled in that area, now because of obviously social media and different, you could use different platforms, it's now getting a stronger presence and making people like myself more aware that they actually exist and obviously I've known that they exist so in my mind I'm like oh it's turning into a trend or it could be just that my algorithm is showing me what I'm looking at or it could be that um, it's always been there but I just never paid attention to it. So then with that being said I want to question if it was just a trend or if it is just a trend could it be that the black church has let us down, right, and as somebody who, myself, who has a very, obviously, we all have personal journeys with God, and I think there's a journey with God, and then there's a journey with the church, because the church can sometimes feel like a different entity of its own, because, I mean, it's the people that make the church, but also, if certain people make you feel a certain way, it could, it could, make you distance yourself from the church and also distance yourself from the Lord. So it just got me thinking, oh, is it that, um, the black church has let us down? So now a lot more people are reverting to different methods of spirituality to seek healing, to seek comfort. And I mean, I'm not sure if I've heard of any testimonials of comfort just yet, but I've heard of a lot of on spiritual journeys, on healing journeys, and I'm just like, hmm, why is that? On a personal level, obviously, I have my own qualms with the black church, more specifically, the Nigerian church. And what I mean by that is whereby the head pastor is Nigerian, and it has a very Nigerian culture, very Nigerian presence. So the the um the back home element, So when I mean back home, I mean like in my case, Nigeria element. Like what churches are like in Nigeria are then carried over here in the UK. And you've got pockets of Nigeria all over the place. I know, like for a lot of people who are not from the UK, and I've had people back in the day, ask me, like, where do I, like, I'm um, come especially black Americans, they'll come to the UK and they're like, where can I find the black people? Where are the black people at in the UK? And you might say, oh, like, ha- Hackney, Lewisham, Brixton, and then they go there and it's like, mm, it's a little bit sparse. It's not that many black people. Okay, there's more than usual, but not that many. And th- th- there, there are questions like, they want to see, like, dense black communities. And to be fair, we don't, I'd, it, if that's what they're seeking, I'm not sure we necessarily have that in the UK. But what I can say is that if you want to find a black community, and if you want that culture, go to go to the church, go to a black church, just Google any black church. And I remember even like having certain conversations with my siblings, because we talk about potentially moving outside London and like literally when we mean outside, we mean like out outside, like potentially into the sticks. And this conversation always comes up about how will you keep the like, Yeah, it's great you're outside in the sticks, and maybe you could, maybe you could find better schools, maybe not. But then, how do you keep the essence of that black culture so your children don't grow up feeling a little bit lost? And I'm, and to me, it's very easy. To me, even, even not on a spiritual level, but just on a cultural level, I'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna find the nearest black church. Even if it's like an hour drive, I will drive my kids to church every Sunday. And and that is just for a cult, so just on a cultural element. And because even when you're on social media and you see certain things and it's like you'll only get it if you're a church goer or if you grew up in the church. In that since I feel like, yeah, the church is really, the black church is really, really important because it brings that element of culture, the good, the bad and the ugly, but, and it's all in church and it's all mixed in there. It's all ingrained. But what I found with my own experience with the black church, and this isn't even necessarily the reason why I stopped being a a key member and like a proper proper church goer because like you know you know in the past I was part of the choir and sometimes I would sing lead so if you know if you're part of the choir that means like you are a proper proper you you are an attendee you're probably somebody who who breaks bread with the brethren at least three times a week you know and it's hard to do that in this capitalist society and you're trying to make money and even with that I have my qualms in the sense that you would give so much of your time and essentially you're ve- volunteering you're not being paid for it and you're doing it for the lord with all of that being said you're giving up so much of your time and I remember. Um, studying, and I w- it was just a year's program, and um, it was a thing whereby I was asked to do certain things, and I said, I don't have the time, and the response was, you don't have, you don't have time for God and that form of manipulation, like manipulating me to feel bad about not wanting to give up my time for a specific thing that needs to happen at church but at the same time it's like I've done xyz, I cannot do abc on top of xyz because I have allocated a certain amount of time for this and also I was so much younger and so, um, a bit more impressionable than I am now, in terms of wanting to please, and I have people-pleaser tendencies, so sacrificing things that could Essentially, change my economic status and change my um, my 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 tax bracket, and giving that up to help the church. And at the same time, they will then come and ask you to pay tithes and give ten percent, and this, that, and the third And these are the things that I'm, I was always conflicted with because I was like, "You can't expect you like you want me to be a giver and give with a given heart, but I don't. I where." look, come on, we live in the UK, we live in London, I need to work, or I need to do this, to, like, I need to do certain things, and I'm giving up free days, especially if you're spending a minimum of three days a week at church, and not, when I say days, I don't necessarily mean whole days, obviously, we're in a black church, where, because, um, I grew up Catholic, so, um, I grew up Catholic, so I didn't necessarily grow up in a black church. We would go to black churches every now and again and visit, but I didn't, as a child, grow grow up in a black church. So um, having grown up Catholic, you know, it's very much like the service is an hour. The hymns are no long thing out the door whereas in a black church the service could be up to four hours and if you're a key member you're now staying five six hours because you would help with maybe setting up you might help with um putting things away like tidying up and then you'll also might have a cell meeting afterwards because there's this that and pastor needs to relay this that and the further it's like you you've given up such a large part of your day and then if you are part of the choir even though choir was my favorite thing in the world I I would if it wasn't because of some of the politics attached to oh, certain things I would I wouldn't even blink, I wouldn't even blink and go back to it, even choir, choir practice that could easily be a couple of hours, you're spending a good, a a large part of your weekend, you know, with these people, and then maybe midweek as well, and then maybe if there's a program coming up, you might need to sacrifice, and if not, if you're not sacrificing an extra day, you're sacrificing a few more hours on top of the hours that you you already do, and I'm not complaining about it, because this is how, this is the culture of the church, of these black churches, this is how they are run, and this is how they stay on top of whatever, because it's all about people volunteering, and also on top of that, if you are somebody who has just graduated, or you're looking for work, this is a great way to get experience, some of the most talented, talented people where will you find them? In the church. Working for free. Or I shouldn't say working for free, working for the Lord, you know. <laughs> serving, they're serving. Let me put it that way. They are serving and the most talented people, I'm telling you, they are building apps for their church. They they are writing so, some of the best songwriters. Where you find them? In the choir. um, They are poetry they can write books um, if i speak if i speak about some some of the talent that i've seen and what i'm saying is they you can also get a lot of experience there and you know you could apply this to your cv and get jobs outside you know because they you know the church needs to stay up somehow so you still need to get paid but um i know that's one area that it's like i get it but it also feels like you're asking for too much, and especially when you are part of a small church. So, I feel like the bigger the church, the less pressure because there's more volunteers. But when you are part of, say, a small church, which is what I've been part of, and they're still growing and still trying to expand, there's a lot of pressure on less people because there's less number, there's less volunteers. And another thing that that when I think back, just make, I mean, all of these things that I'm saying are not the reason why I'm not as committed to the church now it, it, for different reasons completely. But obviously when you are now, I want to say you're out of it and it, you could—you start to uh, question a lot of things. So like one of the things that really cut me up, I would say, is the lack of accountability and i was like wow the church is the same as everywhere else so for example you might report some misconduct that has been done by a a junior pastor and when i mean junior pastor i don't necessarily mean somebody who is a junior in age but in the church, you know, you've got like the senior pastors who are like the heads of the heads. And so it's like head teacher, deputy heads. And then, you know, you've got the junior pastors, like maybe like the heads of faculty or whatever you want to call, like if you're talking about like in a school, in a a school building, right? So there would be um, a lack of accountability when they have done some misconduct. And what I found annoying was like, that was a shock for me because I was like, oh, rah, and especially when I didn't, because I didn't grow up in the church, so I wasn't aware that oh, the shit that happens outside of the church is it's it's a mess in hey. <laughs> it's a mess inside, it's really, really messy, and you would report something, and nothing would be done about it, and you're thinking, why is that, like, this person hasn't been reprimanded, no discipline, no nothing, they haven't been sent away, why is that, and realizing, oh, because this, this junior pastor is still valuable to the church, or still a key member, because they do all of the right things outside, but this small misconduct against, say, a woman member, right, they can overlook that because he's so key in other areas, and I'm like, wow, isn't, hmm, (laughs) the world is the same everywhere, the world is really the same everywhere, and I was so, you know, still quite impressionable, and feeling like, okay, so this is the thing, yeah, and then seeing a lot of wild things happening, and then, Another thing that got me is like the smear campaigns against certain members, they were key members and they didn't necessarily deserve these smear campaigns when they couldn't commit to certain things or they said no to something. And it's just because they, they've they chosen not to do something because they can't commit because of family reasons. And I find that there's a lot of, um, obviously like it's in now that I'm grown up or grown I'm like oh duh but there's a lot of manipulation because you would seek counsel from some of these pastors and you would literally pour out your heart and your life and the things that are your gripe like especially yeah you'll pour out certain things and so they and this is in confidence and then they can then use it against you or bring it up unnecessarily when you haven't like it's like you might say, oh, I did this or this happened to me as a child and then you're talking about something else and they would randomly bring up, is it because this happened to you as a child? I'm like, wait, hang on. This is not the therapy session that I asked for and no, that is not the reason. Actually, you've overstepped the mark. It's actually, it's not that deep. It's just, I don't wanna do certain things and when you are not an obedient, I think that's the word, obedience. Oh! They used to love to throw that word around, obedience. Ah, oh my gosh. When you are not an obedient member and I would feel like they would use it like, yeah, using God like, oh, you're not being obedient to the word of the Lord. And it's more so they would use, you know, take quotes, and I found, it's just, they take quotes, I mean, it's everywhere, but obviously, I'm talking more so in the black church, that, you know, taking quotes out of the Bible, and then use it against you, and make you feel a certain way, and it's like, well, and because, they would use terms like you're a babe in, in, in the word, you know, these babes or oh, don't backslide. And I'm just like, mate, I'm a backslide. Right now, I'm so glad I'm, like, I'm, I'm backslided. i have so backslided, I am in the gutter. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, what do you, I'm not that impressionable anymore. I'm, I'm grown, I'm not a child. I'm like, please don't, please don't. If I'm coming here that I have my own reasons, I ain't finna open up to you like that. So when you have made certain commitments because you've now opened up to somebody who's a pastor and is like a father figure or supposedly supposed to be a father figure to you and you've told them everything for for when you tell them no about something that they've asked you to do or you can't commit to you've already told them your life schedule your life and and you and it's like, well, I know you've got the time to do this, so you could just do. And it's like, actually, my my life is not for you. Like, I have friends outside church, I have family outside church, I have education, I have work, I have so I I cannot commit everything to you. And then, um, I I mean, I haven't seen smear campaigns on me personally but I've seen smear campaigns and they're really nasty and I'm like wow it's because this person is no longer useful to you or you can no longer nip- manipulate this person the way you want to so there's this big smear campaign and then there would be a lack of support when this person is trying to achieve something oh the list goes on and they just like i just found that there was a picking and choosing and the and you would think that there's accountability because there would be times when you know people are getting reprimanded and this, that, and the third, or whatever. But it's actually it is actually more insidious than that. Like there's a reason as to why. Oh. Girl, oh girl, I could go on and on. And all of this to say, I'm I'm like, these are just some reasons. I'm like, are these some of the reasons as to why people are moving away from the black church and choosing to dabble in other things? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, somebody like, somebody like um, my husband may argue, well, actually, in Nigeria, the, there's always been like, especially when somebody is sick and they're looking for healing, they will go to their pastor. Then afterwards they'll go to their babalawo, or the, <laughs> They will go to one spiritual somebody and it's always like, especially like back home, it's always been like that. This is just how they practice their spirituality. And this is especially when they're seeking healing or they're seeking something in particular. It's always been like double-sided. So... I'm just throwing that out there like could it be this or is it just that it's always been there and it's just getting a larger platform and and because it's getting a larger platform, people that are unaware and really don't know what they're getting themselves into are now trying to practice spiritual like African spirituality and they really don't know what they're ge- like especially if it's like you could say okay your forefathers used to do it but you're so detached and away from it it's not like your grandma still does it now I mean there are people today that yeah they, their grandma or their grandfather is the Baba Lawo for the for the village <laughs> do you know what I mean so it's like oh no I can I can speak on this or I know how wh- who to go to and whatever I found that I'm seeing more and more people trying to dabble in things that they really don't understand and hmm. (laughs) well well let's leave it at that while I've spoken so much I thought I was going to keep it nice short and sweet comment along if you are watching share I need you lot to share if you find if you think that somebody you know would really like this podcast share on all streaming platforms i'm on youtube i'm on spotify i'm on apple podcast i'm on i'm on some things i don't know what else i'm on but i'm on some things so find me um leave a, a review uh, apparently it helps i don't know how it helps sha but it helps my dear rate the ting anyway thank you so much for listening until the next one bye the eavesdrop. Eavesdrop.